Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. A time comes in a person's life when something happens to them um, and they begin to ask some questions about themselves. And the three main questions are, who am I? Where did I come from? And where am I going to? And a curiosity develops in people as to these questions. And they begin search to try and find the answers. Little knowing that this is not a, a quick path. It's a, it's a lifelong journey. Uh, to find out who you are. There was a man at a uh, airport who needed to get on a plane, and he thought he was late, so he ran in front of the line and presented his ticket and said, I need to get on the plane right away. And then the lady there said, you can't get in front of the line. There are lots of people in front of you, and you're all going on the same flight anyway. He said, don't you know who I am? And she pushed a button, and she said, security, security, come to the American Airlines desk. There's somebody here who doesn't know who he is and needs help. And in truth, very few of us know who we are, and we really do need help. But security isn't going to help us. <laughs> we have to begin self-help. We're not going to find out who we are by asking other people. We're not going to find out who we are through looking at our genealogy. We're not going to find out by trying to figure out what country we came from and where our ancestors came from. We're going to find out who we are by getting very still and very quiet and somehow getting deep inside ourselves towards the essence of ourselves. And this takes a certain amount of ability to be quiet. Uh, in this world, being quiet is not an easy thing. People have this multitude of opinions about everything. And to get to a space where you are without opinions and without ideas is very difficult. And just because you're not speaking doesn't mean you're quiet. You can have going on inside of you uh, all kinds of tumultuous uh, thoughts and processes. 
yet you may appear to the outside to be quiet, and inside there's chaos. So being quiet not only means not speaking, it means being at peace. It means being at repose. It means being without anxiety. It means being without so many things that belong to the world. It means letting go of them and not having them influence your being. Again, when you are somehow attached to externalities, the externalities influence your being. And when your being is influenced by externalities, you can't find out who you are because you're mixed in with all these externalities. We become hybrids. It's like we start as peaches and somebody hooked a plum up to us and we become nectarines. And the nectarine comes from all the influences of the world. So, in truth, there are billions of people all over the world. And when they refer to themselves, they all use the word I, of course, in different languages. But to each of them, I means something different because of their culture, because of where they came from, uh, because of their upbringing. And in truth, I needs to get to the point where it means the same thing for everybody. And when we, as individuals, can begin to understand that and can see on the outside that the differences in all the eyes aren't real, we can then maybe begin to recognize that all of the differences that we hold ourselves aren't real, and we can begin to let go of them. Now, often, this letting go is a very difficult process. And why is it such a difficult process? Because we are identified with all of the externalities as if they were who we are. So we don't really see ourselves as an essence. We don't see ourselves as a soul. We see ourselves as a compilation of experiences that have happened over a course of years that have molded us into what we are. And we haven't been molded into what we are. We've just put on costumes and personalities. It's, it's, it's as if we went to acting school and learned how to act the role that we're given in this world. And in each culture, it's like you have to develop a new role. If we, if I moved from here uh, to India or from here to Saudi Arabia, I would change costume and I would begin to assume different um, 
postures, different actions within the culture because the culture required different actions, different costumes. I remember I used to take people on trips uh, for pilgrimage uh, to Mecca and Medina. And after my first trip, uh, I realized that wearing Western clothes wasn't accommodating to make you look like you fit in to the culture. And to make it easier for people to get around and to get in, they needed to start wearing the clothes of the culture. So as soon as we got off the plane, I would take all the men and take them to a store to get jibbas, which are the robes that they wear in Saudi Arabia, and the headdresses. And my wife would take the women who didn't already have what they call ubayas, uh, to get ubayas so that everybody fit into the culture. It made it a lot easier to move then. You didn't stick out. And nobody wants to stick out, um, except in a positive way. <laughs> so people don't mind sticking out as long as their sticking out is a sort of uh, recognition of some kind of achievement or some kind of specialness. So all of us want to fit in, and yet we want to be special within the realm of how we fit in. It's very difficult for many people to acknowledge the commonality of all man, the unity of all man, the fact that even though we have different tones in our skin, we speak different languages, we have different ethnic faces, none of these things in reality are the truth of who we are. We wear different costumes. They are not about the truth of who we are. Somehow, we need to be stripped down to our basic essentials. And you don't do this by changing your clothes. You do this by sitting still and disappearing within yourself. And this sitting still and disappearing within yourself is very difficult to do if you're in a constant state of anxiety, if you're in a constant state of fear, if you're in a constant state of I have to accomplish things. It's difficult for people to see the span of their life. The immediate situation that's in front of them confronts them in such, in such a way that it envelops their entire being. Uh, when I was young and I got into a new office, I remember I had to go and buy things to put in the office so that it felt right for me to be able to sit in it. And I couldn't sit in it until I got all the accoutrements right. And this took me about three to five days, something like that. But the point is, I needed to make my space comfortable for me, or at least so I thought. Can we be comfortable in the space that we're in in our own being? 
can we adjust to the space that we're in, in our own being, without having to shift things around? Can we disappear? Can we see ourselves as a non-physical being? Imagine yourself as a non-physical being. Things would change dramatically. There wouldn't be racial differences. There wouldn't be cultural differences. There wouldn't be costume differences. It's like when you prick someone and the blood comes out. There are about seven or eight types of blood, and they're common throughout humanity. No matter where you come from, the blood types are within a range. And so, if we can learn to disappear, we have to have certain attitudes to help us learn to disappear. And the main one of these attitudes is love. We have to be able to love everything around us and then love ourselves. What love does is it's like water that drowns everything that's around it and then all of a sudden you can't even see what it envelops and what it covers. It's that powerful. Love is like that. It does away with everything that it touches. It melts it. It melts it from our perspective. It takes away the anxiety. It takes away the fear. It takes away the anger. It takes away animosity. It takes away jealousy. It takes away all of the negative thoughts and influences that we may carry. Love is an overwhelmingly positive attribute that if we can swallow it whole and become it, we become other than we are now. We no longer need power. We no longer need fame. We no longer need wealth. We have love. And love brings a sanctity to our being that puts us in a state of peace. And when we go to this state of peace, the questions that have burdened us, even like, who am I, disappear. Because everything disappears. And then we can begin to find the answers to those questions without asking them. Because now we can recede into ourselves because we no longer have the need to control our external environment. We no longer have the need to wrestle 
with our external environment. We no longer need to shape our external environment. All of a sudden, when love has overwhelmed us, everything is perfect, as it was before love overwhelmed us. But the ability to see that perfection didn't exist before love overwhelmed us. Now it exists. So things are always perfect. What's lacking is our ability to see perfection. And what it takes to be able to see perfection is to be in a state of love. And that love makes you more real and makes what you see more perfect. Perfect in the sense that God, Allah, created it all. It is his creation. It is what it's meant to be. And it's functioning according to the way Allah intended it to function. And we don't need to change it. We don't need to push things around anymore. We can leave things alone. Now, in most religions, we are given practices. These practices, in reality, are to take us to a place where we can jump off to love. Now, that isn't what happens all the time in religion. Practices become something, something that you do out of obligation. Practices become something that you do because you are told that you have to do things, these things, in order to fulfill uh, your requirements by God. But in truth, these practices are a groundwork to be able to leap into love. <clears throat> in Sufism, <clears throat> the Mevlevi sect does whirling. They're called the whirling dervishes. And someone might ask, why do they whirl? Well, what happens when you whirl is that you have to try so hard to keep your balance and to keep your concentration, the, the world, the whirling continues in an appropriate way that you become extremely one-pointed and externalities fall away from you because you're so concentrated on this one point. And why do you need to get that way so that when you stop, you can actually meditate and be in a one-pointed state so that you can now begin um, to focus correctly on the internality of who you really are. In uh, Turkey, where much of this started, I visited a uh, mosque in northern Turkey where they would do the whirling downstairs, and when they were finished, they would go upstairs where there was a balcony, and on the entire uh, circumference of the balcony, there were doors. And when you opened up the doors, they were approximately three feet wide by six feet deep, and people would then go 
sit in them, close the doors, and meditate. So the first part was downstairs, whirling, and the second part was going into a grave-like situation uh, to truly try and find out who you are, with the understanding that to find out who you really are, everything about you, as far as the external nature of your existence, has to die. You can't have both. You can't be active and alive in the world, full of creation, full of all of the things that are around us, and simultaneously know who you are. You're too busy. You're too attached. You're too involved. So you have to become uninvolved, and you have to find out a methodology that can at least take you to an uninvolved state for a period of time. Now, when you see people do formal prayers, essentially, they may all look like they're doing the same thing, but they're not. Some are rushing to finish so they can go on to what they're doing, and some have actually taken some time out from their life to be with their Creator. Which one is what is for them and God to know. It's not for us to know. But we can know what's going on with us when we take that time off. And can we truly be in a place where we've removed ourselves from our external existence for a moment? Or for two moments? Or for our lifetime? While we're here, it is a work that we need to begin for ourselves. Or we're constantly going to be going around to people and saying, do you know who I am? Well, the only one who's going to find out who you are is you. And when you find out who you are, Interestingly enough, you're going to find out who everybody else is, too. And you'll be able to help some of them begin to know who they are or begin the process of knowing who they are. In the traditional understanding of finding ourselves, in Sufism... It's known as finding reality. And it's called hakikat. Uh, hakikat means the way of reality. Hak means reality. Hakikat is the path of reality. The path of knowing the truth. The path of knowing that which is other than the illusory nature of what spins all around us. Well, the truth has been around for a very long time, since the beginning. Uh, philosophers and pundits, 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 constantly think that the truth changes through time. They talk about 
the Aristilian, Aristotelian truth or the Einsteinian truth. Well, all those are are perspectives and imaginations. What's true doesn't depend on the current theory of creation or the current theory of how things are. Things are the way they are in spite of how we think they are. Things are the way they are in spite of the books that are written about them. Things are the way they are. And very few people understand the truth of how things are. But if you're in the presence of someone who is close to understanding or is understanding the truth of how things are, they have a particular kind of ability that has been given to them by Allah. And that ability is to be able to share what it is they have with others. In the same way as somebody who has a cold has the ability to share what they have with others. So if you get close enough to somebody with a cold and they sneeze, you are now going to have what they have. Well, you should try to get that close to somebody who has the truth. And he may sneeze the truth on you through his being. And this is how it happens. It happens one person at a time, eye to eye. Uh, there's a story of a man who came uh, from Yemen to visit the Prophet. And his he asked his mother for permission to leave and to go visit him. And she said, I give you my permission, but you have to promise me that if he's not there when you get there, come right back. So he traveled from Yemen to Medina and came to the door of the Prophet. And Aisha, uh, the wife of the Prophet, answered uh, the door. And this man asked if he could see the Prophet. And she said, well, he's not here right now, but he'll be here soon. And so he left and went back to Yemen. And the prophet came, and when he saw Aisha, he said, was there anybody here to visit me? And she said, yeah, a man, yes, a man came from Yemen, but as soon as I told him you weren't here, he left. And he said, let me look into your eyes, because he looked into your eyes. And I want to see him. And so in the eyes of Aisha, he existed because she saw him and the prophet saw him. We need to look into the eyes of the ones who are real. And then they will transfer reality to us. We need to be in their presence, and they will transfer reality to us. Now, there are also those who didn't have teachers. They 
are still capable of finding the truth, but they have to try a little harder. They have to be able to sit still, maybe for a little longer. But it's available. God has not denied his creation himself. He gives of himself to all of his creation, and he gives willingly and lovingly, and is available if you make the attempt to get yourself close to him. And the rules for getting close to him are not complicated. I remember, this is, you're going to find this interesting, I think, because you, won't, you wouldn't expect it to come from this source. I remember when I was young, listening to Billy Graham on television. And Billy Graham said, you can go and find libraries on religious studies and methodologies of religion. But if people understood the first commandment, which was, there is no God but God, and there is nothing you should hold before him, these libraries wouldn't be needed. Just understanding that commandment is sufficient to know all there is to know. But since people don't understand it, God gave them nine more commandments. And since people don't understand them, they had to begin to write books. And now there are entire libraries all over the world in many different languages trying to explain what can be said in a few words if you just took the time to sit still long enough to let those words penetrate you and become part of you. So, if we understand la ilaha illallah, nothing exists but God, I am not really here, all that's here is God, then it should be understood immediately that to find reality, you can't hold on to the things that identify you as a separate being. You have to let go of all the things that identify you as an individuated being. So, in answer to who am I, if you give your name, you're already on the wrong path. You are not your name. And you know, if you were your name, you wouldn't be able to go to court and change your name so easily. It would have some kind of stronger meaning than what's written on a piece of paper. So this work of losing our identity is necessary in order to find our identity. Now, that might seem like a paradox, but in reality, it's where the truth lies. We have to get rid of our false being in order to become our true being. 
we have to get rid of all the lies that we have swallowed and somehow extricate them from ourselves to be able to come to become real but i have not yet recovered from all the lies that i have swallowed that are still set deep inside of me that recovery has to occur and as long as we identify with ourselves and don't identify with god we have somehow not found the truth if we're sitting in a room of people and we identify ourselves as different than each of them we haven't found the truth when we can see our face in every face we look at we're closer to reality when there are no separations between ourselves and the people we sit with we're closer to reality but as soon as we bring up separations as soon as we differentiate between ourselves and others we lose our grasp of reality this is mysticism it's not any more complicated than that you don't have to read thousands of books because they won't take you anywhere because they're outside of you you need to go inside of you and you need to read yourself you need to read all the things that you've accumulated over your life all of the anxieties all of the disappointments all of the honorifics all of the exaltations all of the lows and all of the highs and all of the in betweens and you have to understand that all of those moments of exaltation or depression had nothing to do with reality they had to do with how you saw yourself in the context of the illusory world and the judgments and opinions that you came up with about your state at that time that critic in your mind is constantly going to tell you where you're at well i was a 3 today i was a 5 yesterday today i'm a 10 woo and we become excited about these things what we need to do is let go of the critic inside of ourselves not only for the self criticism that it does but for the criticism that it does for everybody around us for the criticism that it does for every situation that we see to get to the point where our faith is so strong that we believe that god is actually handling things is a change in who we are to get to the point where we don't have to help god but can rely on him is a change on who we are now that doesn't mean we shouldn't have effort in our existence we should but we have to know that everything is in his hands and the end result 
is in his hands. But our effort should never cease. It's paradoxical and difficult to understand all these things. But we have to learn to be in a place that doesn't judge. We have to learn to be in a place that doesn't have opinions about everything. We have to learn to be in a place that's calm and still and allows Allah to take us to the next step. We have to learn to be patient enough to wait to be taken to the next step. And if that patience develops, the next step will occur. In Genesis, it says, Abraham went out of his tent and sat. It doesn't say how long he sat. And the next verse says, and three angels came to visit him. Now, how long did he sit before the angels came? Well, when are we going to start sitting, waiting for the angels to come? And how long are we capable of waiting? One thing we all have in common is no matter how old we are, our entire life has gone by like that. (laughs) Whether it's 30 years or 50 years or 70 years or whatever, it's gone by like that. Well, so what's a little waiting? Patience is the umbrella of God's throne. Time is the skin of illusion. If we can truly grasp those concepts, then sitting still becomes easier. And there is a certain quietude that comes over you if you truly sit still, and if you truly sit still in a state of love, then there's a celebration going on inside of you while you're sitting still. And you're not doing nothing. There is an active, ongoing presence of love inside of you. To maintain that... For some people, it's very hard work, especially in the beginning. But it becomes easier as time goes by, and that state becomes more familiar to you. It comes quicker, and it lasts longer. And that should be what we strive to do. So, instead of looking... For who we are, we should look to find love. And as we get deeper and deeper and deeper into that love and into acceptance, we will be shown who we are because Allah will take us to Him. There is a chosen people. Who are they? They're the ones who choose Allah. And then Allah chooses them back and takes them close to himself. And when he takes you close to himself, you will find out who you are.
you will find out the truth. It's available to each of us. Our faith has to be strong enough to take that journey. May it be easy for each of us. And may we all come to know the truth of reality in our existence. Amin. Amin. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.